Welcome back to another episode of That Sport John with Claypot and Michael Stites. Alongside me is Michael as usual. Tonight it's just the three of just three of us, us two and our friend Sam Abramson. I will bring in Sam sooner, rather er, as soon as I can. But first, I am very angry. I'm very pissed. The Sixers are god awful. We just lost 137 to freaking 106 to the Heat. I'm appalled. I'm mad. What what is this team? We're the sixth place, but we are nine and eighteen or twenty on the road. This is awful. Like what is this? This turned into a complete shit show. Brett Brown has no clue what the hell he's doing. Elton Brand can't sign or trade for anybody worthwhile. Joel Embiid sucks for some reason at this point. Ben doesn't know when to shoot. Doesn't shoot at all for quite for quite frankly, and I'm tired of it. I'd rather have him shoot and miss five times and make one than not shoot at all anymore. Trent Richardson's always on the freaking injury report. Tobias Harris sucks. Mike Scott is brick every time. Did I say Trent Richardson? I meant Josh Richardson, but he's playing like he is like Trent Richardson. He's disappeared. He's nowhere. He's on the he's on the freaking injury reserved or bench injured, whatever. I don't care. This is the worst I've ever felt. I would rather go back to last year and listen and watch the fucking Kawhi shot again than rather watch this team lose another freaking game. This is awful. Do something. Fire Brett Brown. Get him out of here. I'm tired of this bullshit. Okay, Sam. Sam Abramson, welcome to the show. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. First things first, that insult cut deep to Josh Richardson right there. May as well be Trent Richardson. That's a that, that's a creative one right there. Uh, thank I don't you. Think, I, don't, I don't think he'd want to hear that one. That's a, well, the chances, that's a tough one to take. The chances he hears this is probably very small. So, I mean, but either I way. I think he would, but, well, but he if he were to, I'm... I'm not sure whether he'd be more confused or insulted. Probably a little bit of both. You know? Probably more confused because I'm just like overall heated at the moment. Oh, no. I wouldn't like you. You can't answer Elton Brand. I wouldn't exactly come after Elton Brand. Like he puts pieces there. Like he gets big name players who I, I guess should never like. It, it is all Brett Brown's fault. He signed time. Harris over Butler. Yeah, but like Tobias Harris is your most consistent scorer on a nightly basis. Do you, Do you think Jimmy Butler wanted to stay though? Yes. He, you you couldn't no. He didn't want the Sixers didn't offer him anything. That's why. I don't know. I feel like you don't want to re-sign a dude whose allegiance lies in the Joel Embiid camp over the Ben Simmons camp. I feel like that's just not a Joel Embiid's you your best player. That's cat. What? No, you gotta trade Embiid. Why? Mike, Here's my whole thing. Mike, there's with, something to be said about Embiid being the best player, maybe from a talent perspective. But the problem is, is that in today's NBA. I don't think you can you don't win with properly utilize his talents and have a championship team. Here's the issue I if have. that makes any yeah. sense. Sam, it's a good point. Here's the issue I have with Joel Embiid. Believe it or not, Clay, I do watch the Sixers. And what I notice is how long was Embiid out? He was out two or three weeks. They played maybe like eight or nine games without him. And now all of a sudden he comes back after three games and here you go going, going on this rant. It's because the offense, like, the ball does not move in an offense with Joel Embiid. Like, sure, like, he shoots a high percentage when you get it down to the post, but it just, all it means is, like, he gets touches, he holds on to the ball for, like, five, ten seconds of possession. They go into the low post sometimes. And usually he, like, takes, like, a weird mid-range jumper. I don't know why he's not more aggressive. He can take, like, one power dribble, get into the lane and get to the rack because he's that strong. But the problem with him in the offense is the ball doesn't move around, guys don't get touched and then guys get cold. 
all the time. When it was an offense without Joel Embiid and Al Horford was just in there and he was kind of doing his thing, he's not getting that many touches in the paint, but he's on the perimeter, he's moving the ball around, making the right passes. But that's that's when the offense. That's yeah, that is Horford's thing. Staying up at the top of the three. That's when yeah, that was the thing on the Celtics because and look, it, it worked. Like that's how the Celtics were watching. Al Horford worked on the Celtics, so why would you try to bring him into the Sixers and try to make him something he's not? It, it's my whole issue. That the ball can't really fluidly move. The ball doesn't move when Joel Embiid on the floor. Two out of the five players, like the start, like the starting five players on the team, there's a lot of places on the court where they're not going to be able to score. And although they're maybe very talented basketball players, there's that's the problem. You need to be able to hit three point shots or like easily hit mid-range jump shots or I don't know I just think that there's something to be said with that and I don't think Brett Brown's a great coach either so he's not properly utilizing their talents and no Brett Brown is awful yeah yeah that's what I'm saying so when you have a team that needs to play in a very specific way to be successful you need the right person to be taking control of it so I don't know I'm I mean I was telling you this immediately when they signed Horford I was like, this team is going to be really slow. They're, maybe they'll be good like in terms of rim protection, but I think they're going to give up a lot of three-point shots. They don't have a lot of jump shooting, especially without J.J. Do you uh, agree with this, that without J.J., it's made a huge difference on this team? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was shocked he, when we didn't re-sign him. He didn't want to leave either. He expressed at the end of the season he wanted to come back. People didn't realize how much he spaced the floor on that team. It was amazing. He was the leading scorer two years ago, right? Um, I think that was Embiid. Doesn't matter. Well, he was up there at least. For some reason, I thought he was technically, but I don't know. I just—they're not built for today's NBA, and I can't say I'm surprised. I'm—I'm biased too. I'm not a huge Sixers fan, obviously, but I—I really can't say that I'm too surprised. Well, I've given up hope and finally come to the reality of what the situation is too. I used to try to say no, it's fine, it'll be all work out. Like last year, what was it was huge though because they found a plate, they found a um, a guy who can make his own shots, and that was Butler. Nobody on this team right now can make their own shots except for Richardson, and he's been uh, on on injury for almost half the year. And we don't have guys no, like that's the thing. They don't have that. They don't have that one guy to give the ball to at the end of the game either. That's exactly. the other thing that I've been saying. That's like what, just missing with crunch time, last two minutes. You can't like just toss the ball to Embiid and hope for him to figure something out to get the ball in the hoop. And we have you can't guys, do that with Ben Simmons either. You can't assume he's gonna get to the basket like with his pure athleticism. You need that one guy that has like a skilled player like Butler or even like a like a Kyrie Irving or a Kemba Walker or James Hart. You need that one guy. Yeah. And when you don't have that guy who can create his own shot and make his own play, the ball needs to move. And the ball doesn't move in this offense. It doesn't. So uh, for I don't know how. Somehow they just haven't even been able to figure out his own, how to beat his own either, which baffles me. I don't know. I mean, there's some plus sides. I mean, I mean, if there's one thing that's true about the NBA, it's that playoff seeding doesn't matter too much. That's been proven over the years, and you guys play very well at home, like ridiculously well, well at home. If the standings were are going to be this at the end of the year, we're going to play Boston, and we're going to go out in five. We'll I mean, we'll win one do you think you're going to give up home? I mean, if you lose a game at home, you're probably screwed. But... 
it's it's tough to say. I still think I wouldn't give up hope on them. I mean, I said the same thing about the Celtics last year. That was obviously a different story. There are a lot more deeper issues with that team. But it, it's true that like all-star talent typically does win out. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with the Sixers, but seating doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah, you can tell that to the Bucks. Uh, just to clarify what you said earlier, Redick the last two years, it was Joel Embiid that um, had led the team in points. What was Redick's? Last year he was fourth with 18.1 behind Butler and Harris, who averaged 18. Oh, right. Jimmy Butler was on the team. But Embiid was what at was 20, he the year before, though? Embiid was, was at 27 and a half. Um, yeah, the year before he was second with... I just saw it. 17.1. Yeah, so he got one he, point better, but Embiid at 22.9. Yeah, because here's the thing. Like, even if you couldn't... If there was nothing... Like, at the basket, you could always kick it out to him. And he's lights out from three. No, yeah, I, I totally He was agree. a very important part of that team. Last year, he wasn't as good from three as he was the previous year, which was a little bit of our problem down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. He kind of went ice cold every other game. He was he had his moments, and then other games, he would just went, like, he just, like, disappeared, which was, which was a big factor in why we went to seven games against Toronto. But if you're going to tell me that you don't miss him this year, I think you'd be... No, no, no. I already... Yeah, I miss him. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, his age finally kind of started the show, but at the same time, you're sitting there like, well, we could still very much use him. I I mean, y'all know I'm a big Duke guy, so I'm always going to love JJ, but I think one of the best things about his game in particular is that um, he's aged so well because he's able to do he can do for his entire life like he doesn't need to rely on his athleticism no yeah he's that's just, why he, he's been in the league for so long that's he, a tangent though I'm he's, sorry. he's a know. no you're fine he's a spot-up shooter and he's um he's a great catch-and-shoot guy which this team lacks like yeah, Tob- tobias can't do high, that but he'll have a place on teams in, in the nba as long as he's gonna shoot yeah mike any last words on this Nah, i think the whole sixers conversation's like not to say it's running its course, but I think we're at the point that it's, it's, we're almost we have to like be nearing like a crucial junction. A move needs to be made. A move in the has deadline. to be like here's like whether a move's made before this deadline or not. Say the Sixers don't exactly go to the finals, there has to be a move made with either I think Simmons, MB, <coughs> or neither, or Brett Brown. Someone has to go. Uh, I think you if you get rid of one of the two, you get rid of Simmons. No, I disagree. In my opinion. I will say, I over the games he was without Embiid, all of his numbers went up a, I, I a good amount. Team, he was averaging over 20 without Embiid. I think the offense is a lot more efficient without Embiid in it. And I think a lot of that has to do with he, for a player like him, for some reason it, in his history, it's always taken him a long time to establish chemistry with players around him. Like, you saw last year, it took them until the, they, it took them until the, really the end of the year to get chemistry with all the players they had after the deadline. And then this year, he can't work it out with Horford and Harris for the most part. I mean, with, with Ben... Two for, like, Horford and Harris, two phenomenal, like, personalities and guys to have in a locker room and, like, play with on a basketball court. So I don't understand. People the don't other thing is, too, Ben, when there's too two... He's one of the most respected players in the NBA. The I fact agree. that he's been having problems with the Sixers team... The other thing is, too, when there's two guys that are, like, easy, easily starting centers playing the five and the four, Ben's extremely less aggressive which is where I always, excuse me which is where I always see his most problems and it's always been his biggest pro- biggest problem 
other than shooting is being aggressive. When he's aggressive, plays happen and things open up, whether it's him being able to get in and lay one in or slam one, or get a nice hook or a fadeaway, or he kicks it out to an open guy, hopefully to make a nice shot. And last year, a lot of times we saw Butler, and even before all those trades, we could see it happening with Robert Covington and Landry Shaman. But nonetheless, apparently, well, even though Robert Covington could be on his way back after before this deadline, there's a lot of talk about that. The Timberwolves are a team like I'm really, really interested in currently. They're gonna. And flat it's kind out. of like they kind of prove my point in the sense that you know it's a guard dominated league and it's not really like obviously you used to be able to like win games on the glass and like centers really aren't like not that they're not dominant but they're not exactly the guys who are going to win you games anymore look what Car- what's happening in Carl Anthony Towns he's put up great numbers over the years but the Timberwolves have found that it's not exactly the formula t- for winning and now they're looking to clear house um, they're also looking to get rid of, rid of wing, uh, Wiggins too but the Wiggins experiment never really exactly worked out no. even though he's scored like if you look He's like his quietly averaged like twenty for his career, which is impressive. But he just doesn't do exactly do things to help his team win games. But Carl Anthony Towns has worked out, and they're looking to get rid of him. So why? Why I don't? Uh, I think the, and they'll get a decent package shot. for him. There's there's I a think, lot of players in today's NBA that put up big numbers, and oftentimes they're they're big men, and maybe they're fun to watch. They can posterize guys, post people up. Maybe they have a decent three point shot. But most of the time, I, I feel like they're never on winning teams. Or if they are on winning teams, they're never real contenders. Not, look all, at the Golden State Warriors teams the best, over the years. All, all the best teams have either good guards or good forwards or maybe like power forwards that can shoot the three like like Durant. It, it's all teams that are just wings or guards that can shoot threes. And then Andrew Bogut was the starting center over the years for that Golden State Warriors team that won chip after chip after chip. I mean, my, oh my goodness, Tristan Thompson for Cleveland. All that, like, the only quality that I ever really want in a center is the ability to get my team second possessions, like extra possessions. I just, I mean, the reason why I want the Celtics to trade for Capella, and that's another <laughs> conversation, I guess, but it's just someone, all I want in a center is someone who plays good defense and can get rebounds. Dude, but I don't I- need you to be spending all this time in the paint trying to score. Not that Capel is a bad offensive player, but he'd clearly be like behind all of, of these other offensive stars on the Celtics. And I just think that that's not the best way to score in today's okay. NBA. Sam, do you just want you want to know what my answer is to the whole situation? Get uh, so the Capella situation. Get, it's get Robert Williams healthy and don't even go after Capella at all. That's a that's a fair take. Robert Williams is very young. You just but, described Robert Williams. Great shot blocker. That's gets fair, boards. Robert Williams decent offensive game. Great passer. That's the only thing. Great passer. He's a good passer. And he's young. He, he's young. And, he, and he's a hell of a lot cheaper than, than Clint Capella. And you can easily keep Hayward and Marcus Smart. And you don't need to get rid of any of those picks. I don't think I don't think there's a need to go after Capella. Do you think that... It sounds good. Like, it's not like, oh, Clint Capella on the start. Like, that sounds great. But I don't think it needs to happen. Especially because they're going to want a Marcus Smart. They're going to want... Like, See, if we have to trade Marcus Smart not immediately, chance. I don't want to do it. Not no chance. fucking chance. You I don't, don't want a championship without Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart. Do, you th- do I think they'd be more likely to win this season if we can trade for Capella and keep Hayward and Smart? Maybe. We're, we're already over the salary cap, technically. There's, like, strange rules around everything. And we would still be over the cap if, if we traded for Capella. Right. But... 
don't know. It's a. Uh, it's tough for me. I also get very strangely attached to every single player on the team. Of course. <laughs> so seeing people go is really tough. Of course. Like like Enos Cantor, if I could, if we were, if salary cap wasn't an issue, we could trade Cantor for Capella straight up. I'd probably do it. But Enos Cantor is one of the most likable guys, and it's one of the coolest stories in basketball. And I I don't want to get rid of him. He's he's one of the people that seems to be possibly up for trade. And as much as I understand it from a basketball standpoint, I just—he seems like such a good team chemistry guy. It—it's it, hard to see guys like that go. Yeah, I will say out of what we've said about bigs and a team, I think one team that's an outlier to it all, but is kind of a fake team, is the Bucks. Because Giannis is that big player, but he's just oh, but like he the does freak. Everything though. He's just a free. Yeah, he he leads their team in assists. You can't classify him as yeah. He does everything. He's a big point guard, but they like, also have good shooters too at the same time, and they have, and they share the ball well. Yeah, like they. Well, the Bucks have very good ball movement. That's yeah. the difference, and they also have good coaching. Fantastic right. bench, like they're all around. They're a great team. Great depth. They're a great team. I'm I'm still not necessarily convinced that they're going to win the East because I'm not sure that all their players are going to show up in the playoffs. They've had that issue before in the past. But Giannis is only getting better and better. I don't know, dude. Super athletic. They're Doesn't so play freaking like deep. a typical big man. Dude, they're so deep. If you remember the series last year, like, you, I think you would agree to this. The person who killed us the most was freaking Pat Connaughton. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, because if Giannis wasn't... I mean, against the Celtics, at least, last year. Yeah. If Giannis wasn't playing well, everyone else was still shooting well because we were... What happens is, is that teams focus so much on Giannis that... They just kick it out to someone on the wings and their lights out. They've done a, They've been I a great to team. say it, but the Bucks have done a great job surrounding him with yeah. good three-point shooters and good players. They're set up. I'm not. I think the Lakers are still probably going to win the NBA Finals, but the Bucks are probably the favorites for the East and probably going to end up with the most wins in, in the regular season, without a doubt. The way I've seen the Celtics play lately a lot, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it to the finals, to be honest. I don't think I would call it on them, but I would <laughs> see them as a second. We just don't beat the Bucs, dude. I, we don't have a different. big man. We don't have someone to cover Giannis. Right now, it's I semi- think... The, like, what? The best... No, no. That's what I, I was talking to my friends about this today. I was like, our best option to cover Giannis is Shemi Ojale. And one of my friends was like, yo, that guy fucking sucks. And I'm like, yeah, I know he's a liability on offense, but like... Dude, you see him in the corner three like he's all we got. Yeah, I he's think huge. He's yoked. Like he, he's a gym. Like he's a monster. He's an athletic guy too. He's fast for his size, and if if he had any form of a jump shot, he'd probably be getting a lot more minutes. But he's terrible at offense. Yeah, I think with both leagues, I'd probably agree with Sam. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. After, especially after Kobe's death, I would put a lot of money on the on the. Lakers yeah, to win it, even just, even though the last few we- last week or so they, they've kind of been a little shaky. It was I I didn't expect them to really come out and win. It was a 50-50 shot they would come out and win that first game coming back, but it didn't help that they were playing a Damian Lillard who is more or less on fire at the moment. Um, but they were either going to come out. It would out. be the Clippers or the Lakers to win the finals, but now it has to be the Lakers. Yeah. It, it gives me a very. It's not quite the same, but I I really get a 2013 Red Sox vibes out of this. You're right. It's storybook. It's like, you know, the tragedy and then the victory. Like, yeah, you're right. It's not what I thought of, but 
And I think that there's a little. I think there's that there. I think that there is a little bit of locker turmoil going on in the Clippers side of the of the Staples Center. Because huh. I have heard stories that some players aren't happy with the way they're handling Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That they're not playing their fair share or something like that. But I mean, I wouldn't be is surprised that if that happened. But I don't. I, it could be. I mean, what doesn't he start? Um, but I don't. How many games have Paul George and Kawhi played together? Probably like ten. Yeah, maybe Not less, a lot. maybe Not more. A lot. I don't. Maybe they don't have more. to though, and they're proving that. See, I would have yeah. taken the Clippers to win if um, this Kobe thing didn't happen. Because even though in the regular season they're not playing as well, if both of those guys are ready to play in the playoffs, their team is set up to be better. Well, in my I, opinion, at least, if they go out and get Derrick Rose as their point guard and he keeps up what he's been doing with Detroit. I highly think they. I would just. I would go all in. I'd say 100% the Lakers would win. I honestly. Derrick Rose is having a rejuvenated season right now. He he is having a great season, but I don't even know if if they need to get Derrick Rose. I think that they're fine the way they are. They have plenty of ball handlers on their team. They're probably, for the playoffs at least, they'd probably be the best defensive team in the NBA. When When you have Pat Beverly out there, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, that's. Lockdown right there, like like no one's gonna hit threes on that team. Such versatile players. I don't know. I just going into the season, the Clippers were my pick to win. So so was I. I was fully on the Clippers as well. But I think if they add a guy like D Rose who can make his own shots and like dribble out of and probably and be able to dribble out and make his own three pointers, I think that would be huge. Cause like I feel like they would benefit from Rondo coming off the bench instead of Rose. Um, more or less because Ron or because Rose is a better shooter, and he's averaging 18 and five this year with two rebounds. I don't know. I would put Rondo in like the starting five just because he's such a phenomenal passer and like he'll get LeBron and AD just like good looks, and then put D Rose in off the bench and just be like an offensive playmaker and can create his own shot. And then like maybe when the offense stalls without LeBron or AD in it, he's somebody who can just keep scoring points, producing. You can make Rose like a. Six man on that team pretty easily, and it would work out really well. I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because you don't need another uh, another guy holding the ball a lot in that starting five. I mean, I get... yeah, that's my take on that. I agree with that. Uh, another high usage player. You don't need another one of those guys in the starting five. Well, I'm actually wrong. Rondo already is coming off the bench because I forgot LeBron is their starting point guard. Uh, right. <laughs> with Avery, Bra- Avery Bradley's their shooting guard, Danny Green's small four, then Davis, and then JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, I Kuzma. Avery Bradley's yeah, McGee. they have... Um, it's basically Rondo, Caruso, Caldwell, Pope, Kuzma, and Howard coming off the bench. And then every once, once one minute each quarter, Jared Dudley makes an appearance. I think they can get good value for Kuzma. I, I think, think they could, but I don't think he's him. that good. Yeah. I wouldn't I be surprised if they could make good. something work for a Rose trade with Kuzma involved. It'd probably take more than Kuzma, definitely. But I think you could probably benefit from Derrick Rose uh, more than Avery Bradley being in, considering Avery Bradley's averaging 7-1. and one. <laughs> Avery Bradley's a great defender, though. Don't he not. is. He is. But they have That's such a – they already Bradley's have Le- LeBron. Jeff Green's a good defender, too, isn't he, or no? Am I wrong on that? Danny Green, you mean? I don't think Jeff Green is. Danny Green, I'm sorry. Danny Green Danny. is a great defender. Yeah, he's a great three-point shooter, too. I love Danny Green. I think he's a great player. Yeah, and they, I mean, if you take out Avery Bradley and you and you put in Derrick Rose as a pure shooter along with all those other all the other four good defenders, I mean, I think you're set. 
and uh, it just kind of works out better. Yeah. But all right, moving on. Yeah, I'm done with the NBA. <laughs> Uh, Super Bowl Sunday was yesterday. Uh, final score of... That was yesterday? Yeah. Sheesh. Football season's been over for three weeks. Let's be honest. <laughs> for <laughs> you, for fun, you, like, right? I, I woke up on Sunday morning, and I was just like, oh, yeah, like, the Super Bowl's on today. Whatever. Yeah. And That'll I watched even... the game. Yeah. You know, ate some pizza, had some chicken wings. It was fun, you know. Yeah, we did the same some thing. Funny commercials. It was, it was whatever. 31 okay, to 20. It was honestly a, a good game, I thought. No, it was a very good game. It was very entertaining. It was 31 to 20 was the final score. The Niners were up by 10 going into the fourth, and then they gave up. Shanahan blows another fourth quarter yep. lead in the Super Bowl. Surprise, I surprise. was going to, so I didn't know when I was going to bring it up, but I think Shanahan is getting a little bit more shit than he deserves. I don't. Because teams have, I mean, Kansas City is such a dynamic offense, and they've been making comebacks in the playoffs all every, season Every long. game they were down by 10-plus points. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you need to take that into consideration. Houston was up 24 points on this Chiefs team. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, they, I think Patrick Mahomes. so quickly. Honestly, I, I, uh, I don't think the 49ers played a bad game. No, I don't, I don't think, think you can say it's a complete choke job by Shanahan. Ten points isn't even that bad. No, Garoppolo Especially didn't have a good fourth quarter. Garoppolo himself didn't have a good fourth quarter. And I think another thing that's very amazing is that Patrick Mahomes is undefeated when he's down by ten plus points. Logan, I swear to God, I just needed to open that a little more. <sighs> Apologize for the noise of my roommate. But um, looking at the stats, if you would look at them, Jimmy Garoppolo was thirty of thir- or was twenty of thirty-one, two nineteen, one touchdown, two picks. He had a QBR of forty point six, and then Pat Mahomes was twenty-six of forty-two for two eighty-six, two and two, and with a sixty-one point six QBR. Not bad. I thought it was like seventy-eight. No. Neither of them played great games. Mahomes first, like first of all, he shouldn't be in three quarters even. He didn't do that well. I mean, like Williams did get like a garbage time touchdown. I mean, he did get the game winning touchdown. Yeah, it was it was a game ceiling, and it wasn't like he just was given it either. He like he was out of the gates on that sweep and like turned it up along the side. Without Damian. Yeah, he put up 17 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. And then along on the receiving end, he had 29 yards on four catches and a touchdown. Hmm. But I think the biggest play of that game overall was when Sammy Watkins yeah, burns, burns Richard Sherman. Of all that people. Wasn't like the last, that was a huge – was that on third down? That was a huge burn. That was, uh, that was on second down, I believe. Either way, I mean, Set it's still big. huge. And the fact is, like, I remember last week, Jacob, during the whole night or during our talk about the Super Bowl prep, and then during the game, he was like, just play man, just play man. The one time they played cover two man, in the crucial moment, Richard Sherman burnt toast. I by, couldn't believe it. By the slower of the three receivers. Oh, no, I, I feel like that's, like, again, like, that's to the point. Like, that's not exactly, like, Shanahan's fault. Like, that's just, like, the best corner in the league for some reason, just, like, not choking, but, like, Dude, really? Nah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. When no, I like, seriously, like, not that playing man was a bad, like, I feel like they should have been playing man <coughs> a lot more um, over the course of the night. But if you get Richard Sherman matchup on Sammy Watkins, like, that's, there's nothing a coach can do about that. You just have to, like, let your players make a play. And the players just didn't make a play. The players oh, win no, the game. Well, yeah, of course. Anything. And I think he put them in the right spot. I mean, you know, going into the game, Pat Mahomes is worse against man. Everybody knew that. And they played man, and your players just failed. 
In essence, like I know no, you they said, they played Sherman, a lot more zone than they did man. I'm saying in the situation in that draft, it's really hard to play man coverage when you have that many wide receivers on. They have a lot of unguardable. If you have, I mean, you can only double team so many players, and if you have, say, you double team Tyree Kill, and you have Watkins with a one on one, you have Kelsey one on one. That's that's hard. That's really hard to cover. Not a lot of teams can do that, even with great secondaries like the 49ers. I agree, but, I mean, the stats still don't lie. The numbers don't lie. He's still the 25th-ranked quarterback when it comes to man, throwing against man. So, I mean, both statements are are true, but I guess... And Mahomes didn't have the best game of his career either. No, he just came up big. He he came up big with a couple clutch drives, more or less, is what it comes down to. And for me... To him to get MVP, I thought Damian Williams was just really slated because he also had the game go-ahead touchdown as well. It wasn't just the game. Dude, running backs just like running backs will always get like fleeced when it comes to Super Bowl MVPs. Like Super Bowl MVP is kind of this not it's an overrated award sometimes. I think I agree with you. It just takes one or two big plays to win it. Um, it's such a hard thing to judge, and it feels so dependent on. But you knew how like, the game goes. You knew going into the fourth quarter, like the winning quarterback was going to get the award. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no one really made that one standout play or anything like that. The last running back to get it was, I believe, it was Terrell Davis in 1998. Jeez. And then the youngest one to ever get it was Emmitt Smith at 24. That was a long time ago. So, I mean, running backs don't typically get it. And the one non-quarterback we saw in the last decade was Ma- was Malcolm Smith? Oh, and Edelman. I apologize. So there's two. There's two, three. Sorry, Von Miller. I'm terrible. I can't read. There was three, but two of them were defensive players, and one was a wide receiver. I feel like Von Miller being MVP of that game was kind of predetermined. <laughs> he had a good I mean, game. That was he had a great game. Like, like everyone kind of knew that Denver was going to win that game because, because Von Miller. Because Cam Newton played such a crap game. Dave Manning literally did nothing in that game. No, yeah. Like, Vaughn Miller, as a linebacker, was single-handedly the reason. I think C.J. Anderson scored a touchdown or something. C.J. Anderson had a good game. I remember that. Yeah. I said Um, he scored a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, besides... Yeah, I mean, I guess if you score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, you had a good game. I mean... Kyle Juszczyk had a nice game. He He almost scored two. Yeah, he did almost score two. Came up short of one. Yeah. But overall, this game, it was a very good game. I I enjoyed it. I was shocked at how poor Garoppolo played. I knew it coming yep. in. I knew coming I'm in shocked. he wasn't going to play great, but I thought he would play, like, above average. I mean, he's a part of the Super Bowl-caliber team. Yeah, but the, the, the Super Bowl-caliber team that got there by ground and pound all year. Yeah, I know. Which is the they other thing. That's the, the other thing on sh- on, on Shannon. Really that's what they had to do. He to ditched win. the run, they had to run the ball, win possession, and by the fourth quarter, they just kept turning over the ball. And yeah, two two things, though. Like, I didn't expect support. Garoppolo to go in there, th- Garoppolo, to go in there throwing with his eyes closed like he did on that one interception. Yes, he's getting hit, but, like, keep your eyes open and throw the ball. Like, I don't know if he was throwing it away or not. It looked like he was trying sure, to. Because maybe he blinked. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was a long one. He didn't open his eyes until he, until he was off the ground, I don't think. I saw the replay. Um, but also, Kyle Shanahan on the offensive side, he did not call a great game in the second half, or in the fourth quarter. The only thing mm. I'll say is What's that Shanahan, whether Garoppolo should have done it or Shanahan should have done it, they should have called a, a timeout. I agree with you. Yeah. That made no sense whatsoever. I Anyone, anyone with... Two brain cells could have 
made that call. It didn't. They were not ready to call a play. No, yeah. and it was clear. And I think something big, like Mike says, well, they were up by ten in the fourth quarter. Well, why would you pass the ball? Mm-hmm. You got to run the ball. You have the bet. Well, the best, the second best, maybe playoff running back in the game right now. Actually, no, this year he was the best. It was Mostert, and you 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 stray from him and you throw the ball and you get picked. Well, Derek Henry was the best running back in the playoffs this year. Oh yeah, I was I'm, I was thinking about winning teams. I apologize. Yeah. Um, but so nevertheless, they, they were in a perfect position. They like the if their game plan was to be up ten going into the fourth quarter. That was their game plan, and they like probably knew like coming into the game they were like we're gonna get a lead going into the fourth quarter, and then we're gonna run the ball twenty to thirty times with you know our premier backs, and like what the hell happened? I don't know. Like Kyle Shanahan, if you notice, like in Super Bowls, he kind of has this philosophy, like to keep the foot on the gas, keep being aggressive, and he kind of ditches game plans. Um, he did it with the Falcons when they decided to like just keep throwing the ball and throwing the ball. When they could just like run the ball a few times and like get they a, really didn't need to throw to the get ball a field goal to get a field goal. I don't know why Shanahan <laughs> just always feels the need to like just pedal to the metal and just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball when you have a lead in the Super Bowl. Especially the real in the difference quarter, with that Falcons where you can ice too, the game by running it. And this team is that like this team has been ru- running the ball all season long. At least with the Falcons team, it's like all right. Like, Matt Ryan, MVP of the league, like, throwing the ball all season long, probably led the league in yards. I don't remember, but, like, he was definitely up there. He was the best quarterback in the league that year, or in that regular season. And But this team has been running the ball all season long. That's all they did. And they just ditched that. And I don't know. I don't want to put all of it on Kyle Shanahan, but... I guess a little bit. I was thinking an underrated storyline. Yeah, I was thinking an underrated storyline of this game is how many times Jimmy Garoppolo had a wide open George Kittle and decided not to throw the ball to him. Yeah, I think he missed his vision and his QB vision in that game was very poor. It was very could be a different game. And Kittle was getting frustrated. And Kittle was getting frustrated too. I mean, anybody's getting frustrated if you're in the Super Bowl and you're wide open like that, mm. time and time again. There was one time we saw him mad, but we saw the, there was a safety over top that he didn't know about. Um, but I mean, I think the I think the Chiefs got very lucky in a lot of situations, especially on big third downs too. In the second, in the fourth quarter, we saw that multiple times where he missed Kittle um, on second and third down when they had chances to gain a lot, a good chunk of yardage. And I think Tyron Matthew said it, like he even admitted it. He said they were lucky enough that the that the Niners strayed away from the run because that's they couldn't stop it. He said himself. He said they were happy that they're starting to pass because that's all they could stop. And the interceptions were huge, and I thought it was the icing on the cake with the last interception because they they threw a uh, um, a throw it up ball, a 50-50 ball, and they got <laughs> uh, I think it was it Kittle or Samuel that was deep. Either one of them, they just got mossed um, by the by the safety, and I thought, eh, that's just if you if you're gonna go out like that, that's how it's gonna go out because that that was the trend the whole game. What what were you guys' thoughts on the um, offensive pi? Weird call. I thought it was weird because in a lot of times during the regular season you might see it, but I didn't expect to see that kind of a call in the Super Bowl. That was a real difference maker in the game. That's a, another thing that you really need to consider too. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I was not a fan of the call. I mean, I understand it. Like technically, he made contact, but stuff like that happens. If he if he lose it, if you challenge. 
Yeah, you will, because they wouldn't. They don't overturn many of those calls. And I think the biggest thing why it was called, you can see there wasn't a whole lot of effectiveness with him with the after he extended. But that's what they look for is the extension. And if he just kept his arm bent and then went straight for the ball, I think he would have been fine. It's all in, like, the technicalities and how you see things because there wasn't – obviously in slow-mo and in real time, you, you don't see that much of a difference in the effect of the arm on him. But once he's extended, that flag's coming out. And that you see it a lot over the regular season with whether it's either, either side of the ball. Um, but all in all, I – can't say it was the wrong call, but do it's I think, do say, I think it like should have been called? Like Maybe not. On like every, on every other play. Yeah. Because, I mean, later on we saw one where it was thrown to Travis Kelsey, and that was pretty blatant, in my opinion. Did you, yeah, did you, I mean, I'm not going to say that that was the difference maker in the game, but if that was a catch, I mean, Niners probably would have kept the ball a little bit. I don't know. It would have been... Was it 20 to 10 at that point? I don't know, man. I don't remember the score exactly, but it was at the end of the half, right? And uh, Oh, that's right. I they could have scored. Now. Yeah, it was 10 to 10. Um, and then they just took a knee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they could have had like a field goal or something. I don't know. I think they would have call, called a timeout and ran a, a play or two. Probably a slant or a fade. Maybe, maybe. It was a good game, though. It was a very good game. I thought we had a good halftime show. We had a good, we had a good national anthem. I think. Oh, not a good enough national anthem. Uh, You bet. You you bet the over, didn't you, buddy? I did bet the over. Was your heart racing every time? Every the both times she stopped for about three seconds. She teased me in the end. There, she teased me when she stops. I'm like, yes. We, don't say a word. We Do had not a, say a word. <laughs> Did you bet the official one, 153? Uh, no. So my so the uh, the site that I used, not to be disclosed, is um it had it at 159, and I saw other ones at two minutes and four seconds. It was what? really weird. There were there that's really there long. weren't any really official. Uh, times for it because like technically there was like a real Vegas one but like every other book that I saw had something different we had a prop bet game going on in, in our little party yesterday and we had it at two minutes and we can't and it was what a minute 50 correct minute got 51. It a minute 51 51 yeah so she was flying in the beginning she was she, she was she was going so fast it sounded like it was really, normal it was almost as if she knew that people were betting on how long she was going and at the end she just wanted to draw it out a little bit for dramatic effect uh-huh. Do you think, I like, wonder sometimes if, if they know that or not um, or if they take that into consideration one quick question though how did you feel about the halftime show I enjoyed, it. You enjoyed I, it. I had a good time with it. You didn't. You didn't. T- you didn't like your. You were okay with uh, Shakira's little close up with like the SpongeBob action thing. <laughs> I, that? I enjoyed the halftime show. It was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I it thought was, it was one of the yeah, better ones. Like, uh, <laughs> Sam, I don't know how uh, how how um, A Rod liked it when. No, uh, you see the video. That guy that was grinding on on J Lo. Yeah, think he was probably a huge. Did you see the video of A Rod? 
The one that no, I did in the crowd with him just like fangirling and just like taking that like classic selfie high angle video yeah. of him just like what was the song? How's it go? That melody like is that I don't forget how it goes, but <laughs> well, um, it's right, very well, I don't know what I'm most mad about. It's on Barstool. J Lo did her song. What? Uh, uh, well, that's another thing. That's from earlier in the week, though. That's but J Lo did a song with Pitbull. But Pitbull wasn't there on the stage. They were literally in Miami, his hometown. That's Mr. weird. 305, yeah. the area code of Miami, did yeah. not do his verse in, what's it called, On the Floor, or whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. He didn't do his verse. That's an awesome verse. And he did not come out for it. I, th- I think it was surprising Rick Ross wasn't even there, too. Like, two... Like my or like Florida, Miami Florida, Miami, Miami, Florida natives just not appearing in it, which is a little strange. Yeah, no one even knows who the other dude was, but that was it. There's a video of A Rod just like on the dance floor going like la 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 la. Pitbull has a great verse in that song, and that that whole arena would have erupted for him. And he did like the like the pregame concert outside of the stadium for some reason. Yeah. It's um, so stupid. They should have had him go on. <laughs> I, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. I think overall my favorite moment of the whole night was seeing Andy Reid be able to lift up the trophy with the big smile on his face. Um, it was probably the... We're getting sentimental. It was, yeah, it was like one of those feel-good moments I had for myself watching him. Um, I like Andy Reid. I just want to watch him stuff his face with cheeseburgers. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. He deserves it. He's, he just punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame. I think he might have gotten in anyways because he's had some great teams. Even he's fourth, Bowl, I believe. He's definitely at. He, he 100% is now. Yeah, I think he's fourth on the active all-time winners. And I might be top 10. I may be mistaken. <coughs> or top 20. Um... But I also did like his uh, his quotes afterwards. It was he's gonna with my trophy wife. Yeah, that one, which was pretty funny. And then the other one was about getting a really big cheeseburger and might make it a double. Yeah, I saw that one. That and I also funny. I also loved funny. when he when he was able when he was given the trophy and he let out that the big how about them Chiefs. I I just it it was a good happy moment. It made my heart melt. <laughs> I wish he was just. Stadium was a lot of Chiefs fans, wasn't it? it was yeah, there was there was quite a bit. I heard a few. You could boos. hear like the chants, like the. the I heard a few. I couldn't tell if that was booze or just Chiefs when they like the hard Chiefs. I don't, know. Oh, like, I don't think a lot of people like the Chiefs. I I just wish Andy Reid was coaching literally any other team in the league and had won a Super Bowl with literally any other team in the league. From a morality standpoint. From, for what? For Tyreek? For Tyreek. Honestly, Travis Kelsey's not a good dude either. What are you talking just about? Like, Travis Kelsey's I don't like not Tyreek a good dude. There, oh, I mean, there's not one shot of Tyreek with his kids after the game. That was terrible. I, I can't believe they went to that. I was like, oh, I can't oh, believe they had. I can't believe they actually went to that shot. I, I could not believe they showed that. Like, whoever was on, like, the, the fucking switchboard at Fox must have gotten fired. When there they, was when more Tyreek than one. On <laughs> yeah, they went twice. I just. You know what else I thought was really, really funny? That no one else is really catching. And I said it during our party last night, but everyone seemed to disagree with me, even though all I was saying was facts. You remember that kid that they brought out with the game ball in that really cool commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid has looked like it's just like Tyree Kill at the age of 10. Same exact haircut. Like, and like, just like, same speed. Like, they basically used him like. A, like a deep ball wide receiver with the same exact haircut, same blonde top hair, and like I, I couldn't believe that they went with like a Tyreek Hill lookalike. 
for what? the kid to bring the game ball out. That doesn't no. That like there's a lot of kids that's now. A little, that's a bit of a stretch. I don't there's know, a lot of kids with that hairstyle nowadays, and that's all because of Odell. No, dude, it's eerie. What? What? There's I, no, you can, you can go back and look at the tape. If you put the kid and Tyree Kill side by side, dead ringer. They don't look alike. They have different face shapes. Didn't he win like a contest or something, that kid? I don't think it was like necessarily. No, his uh, parents paid billions of dollars. Well, not billions of dollars, but. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. I just, um. I think that's a little too too much of a stretch. I don't think it's a stretch at all. <laughs> that's like a little that bit of a stretch. How many people have you ever seen in the world with that haircut? A lot. What do you mean a lot? Name them. Like, I don't have to name way. people. I just know since Odell started it in LSU and came into it with that's the That's not lead. the same Odell hair. That's and cheetah hair. Thought, the kid had the cheetah hair. He didn't have that's cheetah Tyrese hair. That's Tyrese patented cheetah hair. It wasn't. The orange top. And the kid had the orange top. It was more like Odell's, but it looked more like ramen. This is not up for debate. This is a fact. I'm t- I'm saying a fact. The kid had the same haircut as Tyree Kill. This is not a, like this is not an opinionated like this. What I'm saying is not opinionated. What I'm saying is a fact. No. I don't understand I don't why you think disagree. It was with an that. intentional thing though. There, well, I don't yeah, think it's... they. They found the kid and they're like, oh, let's have him. Dude, in it straight up just looks, looks like, like Tyree Kill. Kill. Dude, I'm looking at it now. It looks like Odell's hair. Just with a lot less black hair, brown hair. It, it, I don't see any. That's Tyree Kill at age of twelve. You're you're smacked. Th- this is a bad take. This is a bad take, Mike. Clay, you're the one to talk about bad takes. No, this is a bad take. Guys, WWE is a sport. I don't care. <laughs> it's not Dude. a sport, but it's just as it's just as dangerous, if not more, than any other sport. This still doesn't mean it's a sport. <laughs> this but is not right, Tyree right. Kill. We can get we can get into bad takes if we really want. But I mean, they they. they just, just, look like. just drop it, dude. <laughs> it does make me mad that in the media and the way that the NFL treats Tyree Kill, it's disgusting. Like they treat him like a star, and then guys like like Colin Kaepernick can't even get on a team. I just some things about the NFL just make me kind of upset. I love it, but no, I agree. At the same time, like they have some questionable standards on certain things. I know nothing. Tyree like, Kill, child beater. Now we've got I, kids copying his haircut. It's not good. What do it's not good. Just stop. It's not good. I know nothing was proven, um, but he did plead guilty, I think, just to throw it all away, and he did his, like, time or something like that. Or his he broke his kid's arm. That's a known fact. He didn't go to jail. He didn't do anything. There's voicemail. Wait, oh, wait, who talked? We're talking about Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Dude, there's, like, video recording. Like, there's phone recordings of him on the phone, like, voicemails of him saying his kids should fear him like they fear the devil. He broke his he kid's arm. Okay. That's a known fact. I'm just saying nothing was proven, though. But I'm not saying he didn't do it. What do you think do fact it. means? It, yes, it has been proven. No, they, they some, found nothing to prove it. That's why. Like That's why he's still in the league. Most people who do what Tyreek Hill does go to jail. And Dude, he's kids. still in the league. No, I know, but nothing was proven but in the courts. And I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm saying he most definitely did. But I'm also saying nothing is proven, and that's why he's not there. The NFL hasn't done it. Tyreek Hill being in the Chiefs' offense makes the NFL so much money that they never would have dared give and that him like, that big of a punishment. And that, too. I'm agreeing with you, but I'm also just pointing out the fact that nothing was proven in court. I don't know what you mean. Like, the key broke his kid's arm. He wasn't found guilty or innocent. Dude, he he pled. Like... Like, you plead guilty because you did. It was a plea deal. It was a plea deal. It was, it was yeah. like a, a, a fucking plea bargain. Is, isn't that what it was, Clay? Yeah. It, it was wasn't like a... It, like a, it was like a really big fine or something. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was. He got, was he, he got away with a lot less than he deserved. Though. No, I agree. It was utter bullshit. I don't know. He's a great player. Great talent. You can't deny that. He's a phenomenal football player. 
I like I wouldn't even go like yeah he's a phenomenal football player because he's fast. I don't know if you saw his hands last night. Like his hands are nothing to write home about. No, but he's Dude, I think he'll, I think he'll be better. I think he's a better athlete if he plays for the U.S. Olympic track team. To be completely honest with you, you can probably make an argument. I think he he would better serve the Olympic U.S. track team than he would like. He I, did lead the game in yards. Caught like nine balls. Yeah, but I feel like every catch that Tyree Kill makes is just like like a forty-yard like fade, just open down the field. He has to like burn the corner to make a catch I, I I never see him catch like slants or like posts like when's the last time like what what's the last 15 yard catch you can remember off the top of your head that Tyreek Hill made I don't know dude I, I mean like I'm just disgusted at the fact that I'm entertaining Tyreek Hill on this podcast just cause I don't think he's worth being in anybody's that's mouth that's fair alright that's, that's a very very fair opinion I agree with that Sam I got a question for you Oh, yeah. What do you make of the Mookie situation? Good transfer. I mean, if he's going to walk, we got to get rid of him. I don't, what do you want? I, I want pitchers. You want I think our offense, Dude. even without Mookie Betts, we're still going to have a solid offense. Dude, like I the mean, Dodgers and the Padres have already said. Tundi, we still have J.D. Martinez. <laughs> uh, I think Rafael Devers is one of the rising stars in the MLB. Dude, and as much as it sucks time. to give Mookie Betts away, he's a uh, top talent, like top five player in baseball. If he's going to walk, we may as well get something for him. We're probably not going to win anyways this season with our pitching. I don't know, dude. The Padres and the Dodgers have already said that they're not going to give away their top pitching prospects, which I think is absolute bullshit. Like, if we're talking about Mookie Betts, people for some reason, like, think they have such a stranglehold on us and that we're behind the eight ball. Like, we st- we're still the ones with... We signed him, like, we avoided arbitration. We have him for another year. We have him as long as we, like... Obviously, we don't want to let him... Go. So, we have until July 30- 31st. But people think we're... Like, teams think we're so damn desperate to dump him that, like, the- they can get away with, like, giving us, like, the 50th ranked prospect in the MLB's top 100 list. Like, I wanna do give me freaking Mackenzie Gore. training gets going, though. I really... Give me Dustin May. Even I don't want him to start the season with us, and it seems like we're gonna give him to the Dodgers or, or, or the Padres within like the next two days. That's what I heard, right? Yeah, it was even gonna be today, possibly. But if, if we're not gonna get any good pitchers, I honestly would want to wait. I think any team in in this league would love to get Mookie Betts, and I think we can get some type of pitching prospects or even pitcher for the rotation right now. Or maybe even like a bullpen guy, because I'll, I'll Kelly. take anything at this point. Somehow get Joe Kelly in the deal. Well, we need to dump Price. We do need to dump Price. I think the best chance of dumping Price is with the Padres. Yeah. And in that yeah. case, I need Mackenzie Gore. And for some reason, like we're really high on these catching prospects from both teams, like Kybert Ruiz and uh, oh shoot, I can't remember the other name. We're really high on these catching prospects, which I think is so also really strong. Because catching prospects. Christian Vasquez is very serviceable. does not go well together. Blake Swihart, Sandy Leon. I'm done with these catchers, bro. Just get Christian Vasquez is serviceable and that he's can catch a ball and throw it back to a pitcher. I'm, I'm done with these guys. Unless it's Adley Rushman, I don't want him. But, like, I, mean, I, I think we're in position to get absolutely fleeced. Like, bad. I, it. it, it I think we're going to get absolutely screwed. Maybe it's teams don't want to do much with us because of this whole scandal. I don't think that's what it is. No, that's not. It it seems like teams are realizing that we need to get rid of him soon. 
Yeah, exactly. They think, we're that, they think we're on a timetable. Unless, do you think teams could possibly think that Mookie Betts is only good because he's cheating? <laughs> no. 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 Because he's such a good... He's a 5-2 player. He, he's an athlete. He's a great fielder. Yeah, you don't. And you can't cheat for getting gold gloves. Like, there's no way to cheat your way to yeah, gold yeah. gloves. Yeah, yeah. He's got like five. Probably be able to tell. He's a great hitter on the roads. It, 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 it's not like he can only hit it at Fenway Park. Yeah. It's no. He didn't have a great season last year. To be fair. Yeah, he still bat 300. You can argue that, but no. But it wasn't his 2018 season. It wasn't. He wasn't the same MVP that he was from the previous year. Certainly not. There's no chance, like, we're past the point of signing to an extension because he's with Boros and he doesn't sign extensions, so we'd have to pay, like, 50 million. They tried to million. pay him, like, a 10-year deal, right? They tried to... Dude, for the past three years, we tried... That's honestly too much. I wouldn't even want him for 10 years. How old would he be at that point? Like, 37, 38? 38? Dude, like, the problem is right now, we've tried to sign him to an extension the last three years, and each time he's countered, and there's been a $100 million gap between what we offered and his counter. Like, that, you can't overcome that. There's no middle ground. He doesn't, just doesn't want to play for us, and I've been accepting of that for about like. I don't think it's that he doesn't want to play now. for the Red Sox. I think it's just that the Red Sox are just so unwilling to pay him, and we've lowballed him so many times that I think it's really frustrated him. And maybe now, like that's just forcing him out. Do you think that we should have paid him instead of Bogarts? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think that's a viable option. They're the same I age, think. right? Roughly. We signed Bogarts to five years? Like 70-something mil. I mean, I think we got Bogarts for a bargain. I'm but glad we got some Dude, think about, we need a lot of money. Over Xander Bogarts is a different question. We need a lot of money for Rafi Big Scoops. I think by the time his rookie deal is up, we will be able to do it, though. I think so as well, unless he bats 330 again. I trust again. This, this new GM who's in charge. Dude, Heimlund is a genius. He'll, re- he'll re- rebuild our farm system. I think he did phenomenal things. He did great things with the Rays. Tampa. Yeah, he made a the lot Rays of nothing. The Rays have been so impressive the last few seasons. Gotta remember with, what... Like, so many no-name players that you couldn't even help but like them, and I'm so ex- excited to see what, what Dude, he's remember what Heimlund did to the Pirates? He traded Chris Archer for Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, Austin Meadows was, like, leading the league in, in average at one point last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on fire. And Glass now was, was like, an MVP candidate. Like, not an MVP candidate, like a Cy Young candidate until he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was at a game in, like, July, and Austin Meadows was batting, like, 335. I'm like, what the fuck? I was so, I was so shook. I could not believe it. There, the, the Rays probably aren't. It'll be good for an, an, another, like, season, maybe two. But without him in charge, like, long-term, they're probably... Yeah, and you wonder how long they can go... They're, they're such they... a small market team. They're not going to sign anyone. Yeah. No one wants to play 82 games a season at Tropicana Field. Well, that's, like, Tropicana Field's no more. But, like, well, I mean, like, they have, like, what, one or two more seasons of Tropicana Field? Well, didn't they not sign for a new stadium? Unless I missed something. I thought, I don't know. I thought maybe they didn't. I thought they were staying there. For no, but that place is disgusting. The problem, like Tampa you, Bay in general, though, no one wants to play in in Tampa Bay. You've got to. Oh yeah, Montreal. Where, wasn't there like they were gonna split games with Montreal? <laughs> that was a rumor too, which is also idiotic. That doesn't make any sense to me either. 
It's just a lot of money. Like, yeah, you just lose a lot of money. But ultimately, like, you wonder how many more seasons Tampa Bay can go without signing a big stud. And, like, they play money ball. They do. And it doesn't and really it's work. It's very impressive what they've done. And it's charming to see it. But when you don't it never have gets you over the right guy. And, and I'm not saying that whoever their new GM is, I'm not sure who it is. Like, maybe he'll do fine. But it's, it's hard to say that he's going to do well with such limited resources. Yeah. Sam, I got one question for you. Out of all of this still, do you think if they do or don't make the trade with Bet, for, make the Betts trade, do you still think they can compete with the Yankees considering they score less runs, less home runs, and less RBIs and have a worse uh, slugging and OPS percentage? And with, and lack with pitching the current and lack they and, have right now. and lack pitching to the Yankees. Yes. No, I don't. What if they trade? I they wish trade? I was wrong. I wish I was wrong. And if I am proven wrong, I will be very happy. As much as I hate being wrong. Do you but also do you also think I they get, they have a shot to make I a lot? They, they need a bullpen. I do think that even though they're, um, I mean, Chris Sale could have a bounce back year. Eduardo Rodriguez has been improving over the past couple seasons. The starting pitching could be better, but they had so many blown saves last year. The bullpen is absolute garbage. And even though the offense isn't that bad, I just... uh, Garrett pulls the icing on the cake for me. And John Carlos Stanton hasn't even had a great season with the Yankees yet. And... I think he's bound to play well. They have so many players on that team that people just figured they don't even out know what to do with him. People just figured out you have to throw John Carlos stay in the slider. So like, I don't know, but they still do maybe, very maybe, well. They still do very right. well without him on the team. But they have so many resources on that team that they don't even know what to do with them. That's think about think about the players they could have right now to fill in maybe some tiny holes if they would just get rid of Stanton. I, that's, if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'd be more scared of that. He has been underperforming and he's making so much money that you can't not play him. I, but yeah. they have so many other players that it just makes it complicated. And if if he wasn't John Carlos Stanton. Maybe he wouldn't play as much. He, he probably wouldn't. But it's a tough scenario, you know? Yeah, like, here's my thing with the Yankees currently. Like, if they were to land Arenado somehow, I think he he's absolutely the difference maker because he does everything. He hits for, like, you've got John Carlos Stan, the dude who'll bat 250, but he'll also have, like, 50 home runs, maybe. But, like, Arenado's finally the guy who can hit for average and can hit for power. Um, Diesel May, who kind of showed he was able to do that last year. With a gold glove. Diesel May, who's the guy I really wanted the Red Sox to sign, but for some reason they didn't. And they let him fall to the Yankees, which was a mistake. But so far, like, over the past, like, three years, the Yankees have, like, they've signed John Carlos Stanton. They've, um... Signed, traded for. Traded for John Carlos Stanton. Um, Torres is homegrown. Correct? Yes, yes. I don't know. Every single year, it's just been like the Yankees are going to be the team. This is going to be the year that the Yankees piece it together. They're going to figure it out, and it still just hasn't happened yet. I think this year is like the yeah, year that they, they no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think this is the year that they finally do it. But I think we've been saying that for the past few years. Like this is finally the year. This is finally the year, and they've just never been able to do it. So I don't know. They've never just proven to me that they can be a winning organization in this. Like at least for the past decade. I was wrong. I was wrong. Excuse though. me. My friend Tyler have, pointed out to me like, that they're the exact of the race in a sense that uh, they have all the resources in the world. 
and they haven't been able to win. Like they, for the players that they have, the expectation is that they have to win a championship. The past few seasons, if if I'm honest, if I, if I were a Yankee fan, the young talent that they've had, if they don't win with the next two, three seasons, I would look at this as a, a failed uh, era team, to be honest with you. I was proven wrong. I was, I was probably going to do it. Honestly, I don't know who the, the, the favorite is for the season to win, but... It's probably the Yankees. If I looked at the Vegas odds, I would be surprised if it was the pinstripes, Bronx Bombers themselves. I was proven wrong. I did say Glaber was homegrown. I forgot he was traded for from the Cubs for Chapman, and then later on they re-signed Chapman. But speaking of uh, out other named free agents and possible trades, what do you what do you see happening with Lindor? Because there has been a quote recently, a couple days ago, where he said, <clears throat> "If they don't think I can stay here because of the money situation, then I won't be here. But I do want to be in Cleveland. I love the Indians. Love their fans." The city has grown on me a lot. And then he goes on to talk about it more. Um, he said, do I want fi- $500 million? Of course, anybody wants that. But he said, I don't care who you are. You could be a billionaire and you'd still want that. It's just a matter of time. We'll see. Um, do you think Lindor has moved at all or not? Do I think he's what? Do you think he'll get moved from the Indians? Uh, that's a tough one. I'm not really sure. Um, I would be surprised. They could probably get a lot for them, but I also think that they're a couple moves away, particularly on the pitching side, from maybe making a big postseason run. Yep. So if if they can keep them, maybe have like a a win now kind of strategy. Who knows? Maybe they can win. I got you. Do you see Chris Bryant being moved at all? There's a f- quite a number of teams interested in him as well. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't I be surprised. I see that as a possibility. I wouldn't I be interested. see Chris Bryant being moved. I'd be interested. He's still young. Uh, he can't get a better year oh, than dude, the year he's, before. He's, he's regret. No. Uh, okay. He's young. He, he, he's capable of playing better than he has been like, the past couple seasons. Oh, he's been one of the more overhyped players in the league if you... If my opinion means anything, I just think he's like what at this point he's like gonna be like a 275 career hitter with like 25 to 30 home runs, maybe 80 RBIs and 80 runs. It's similar to the Stan situation where it's like you're just waiting for him to have that that Cubs World Series season again, and maybe that won't ever happen again. But it's just. You think about it, like he's so young, or not not super young, I guess, but young enough where he's still probably capable of having that type of All Star caliber MVP season if if there's anything left in him. Alright, I think that's about all the time we have for this episode, but I do have one more thing. I know you couldn't express your opinion to, of it to begin with uh, a little while ago. Popeye's chicken sandwich or Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? You have tried both now, I've heard. What is your own decision on that? So, bit of a story here. <laughs> I'll make it as quick as I can. So, I said before I couldn't make an opinion on it. But I'll admit, I am a Chick-fil-A homer. That being so, all throughout high school, since the Chick-fil-A in Framingham, Massachusetts opened up, 
me and my boys, we would always go there for lunch in high school and like after school or whatever, after tennis matches, we always go there. After we win, we could like sit and talk there for like hours on end. We love the chicken sandwiches. I could put Chick-fil-A sauce on anything in the world and probably the best customer service out of any fast food restaurant in the entire galaxy, I guess. But um, over winter break, I took a little road trip, about like a 45, 50 minute drive to a mall in Braintree, Massachusetts called the South Shore Plaza because one of my bros was all like, yo, so Daniel Tice on the Celtics is signing autographs at the store. So we take like the hike there, like 50 minute drive. We get there, we're pissed because they say that it's 35 bucks per autograph and they didn't tell us that on like the ad. We're like, wow, it's kind of a scam, whatever. So we took the picture with them, got the autographs. I was kind of pissed. Go to the food court, they have Popeyes. So take this into consideration. Not even a real Popeyes, food court Popeyes. Popeyes. Did I say Popeyes? No, you said Popeyes. <laughs> I thought I said Popeyes. That was weird. <laughs> Point is, it was not. It, it was literally not even like a full like establishment. It's like you, you show up to the counter, you order your food, and then you take it to like one of the tables in in the mall. And my friend was like, "Oh, let's get Popeyes. Their chicken sandwiches are so good." And I'm like. Fine, because I wanted to go to, to uh, Red Robin. There was a Ooh, Red Robin. There was Red Robin like, Let's get some bottomless steak fries. I don't some nice thick burgers. It'll be a good time. Nah, Popeyes is a better choice. But my friends were like, no, nah, no, nah, let's go to Popeyes. And I kid you not, it was the worst customer service I've ever had in my fucking life. <laughs> I get there. Did you get punched and in the face? Like, what do you want? I'm like, uh, can I get a spicy chicken sandwich meal, please? And they're like, sure. And I order a Coke, and they're like, that's going to be Diet Coke, actually. I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. Like, it was the strangest scenario I've ever had. They, like, changed my drink order on me. So weird. And, like, they just put a thing of food in front of me. Don't even say, like, the, the order number or if it's mine or, like, enjoy. They just put food on the counter, and I'm like... Is this mine? And like, what do you order? And I'm like, a spicy chicken sandwich, like meal with like fries and like a biscuit or whatever. And they're like, I mean, yeah, that's what this is. And I'm like, right, whatever, fine. <laughs> I take it to my seat. I'm angry as fuck. I'm like, they've written me off with this Daniel Tice thing. We talked to him for like a second. Got like this random like poster room signed. Lost 35 bucks there. People at Popeyes are dickheads. But I took a bite into that sandwich and it was the best chicken sandwich I've had in my life. You're not wrong, Sam. His it opinion is not the same as mine. I was so mad for wrong. like two and a half, maybe three hours. But that was probably the best chicken sandwich I've ever had. And I love Chick-fil-A. I adore the establishment in my hometown of Birmingham, Mass. Don't really agree with their corporate views too much, but they make a fine chicken sandwich. And I love going there. And they're so nice. And you know what to expect. And Popeye's, at least in the Braintree Mall, the South Shore Plaza, not the nicest people in the world. Not the best <laughs> customer service. But goddamn it, they know how to make a fine piece of chicken in between two pieces of bread. That Brio's bun is something else, ain't it? It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's real good. The 
that's all I had to say. Crispy and juicy at the same time and thick. It's a thick piece of chicken. It is Same thick. about it is thick. Chick-fil-A. It lasts a bit longer than the Chick-fil-A sandwich. You're pretty full afterwards. All right. Clay's slowly but surely starting to realize that all the people around him that love him, <sighs> that, lo- that love him and uh, all, the, all the close people to him are basically coming to a consensus that Popeye's is about a chicken sandwich. So he's kind of crushed, but his loyalty still lies to Chick-fil-A. Um, I've been converted. Popeye's is the better chicken sandwich. Tracy will agree with me down the hall. I'm not the only one. Um, I, I think it, it's just sort of that uh, I've also that ugly t- take that no one wants to admit. It's the guilty pleasure sandwich. But everyone, no one wants to admit it just because everyone wants to say loyal Chick-fil-A. But I think everyone deep down in their hearts know that Popeye's makes the, the all better chicken sandwich. All I'm saying, though, about this is... You're the only one from Pennsylvania I've heard that says Popeyes is better. Uh, like we don't really have Popeyes in PA. Yeah, we do. There's like three near me. Uh, we don't have any Popeyes near me. There's I no don't Popeyes have any in the Philadelphia area. Like the one that I went to is like that's the false. The one. There's one next to Fenway oh, yeah, Park too, so that's kind of hard to get to. And this one's like 50 minutes away, roughly. Yeah. All right, Sam. Thank you so much, buddy. Your own team endorses Popeyes over Chick-fil-A. They get both. I've seen... Matisse Thibel screwed up their video. I remember that. He only got one biscuit for everybody. Yeah, six biscuits for 20 to, people. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. A Chick-fil-A deal, though. If the Celtics hit 10 three-pointers at the Garden per game, I think it's like next day they do like the free sandwich at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. But still, Popeye's chicken sandwich is better. Literally every other aspect of Chick-fil-A is better than Popeye's. But that's how you know that the sandwich is better. All right. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, I hope your uh, semester this semester goes very well. Hope it as much as it did last semester. We miss you here over in New York. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, boys. Always a pleasure. Yep. Yes, sir. Have a good one, dude. Yeah, you, you, you too, boys. Peace. Peace. Thank you for that episode. this episode of That Sport, John. I hope you guys tune into the next one as well. And good night.